Okay, welcome everyone to uh, our special Bearish Butterfly Option Strategy Q&A webinar with John Locke, who invented the strategy, and Dave Thomas, who works with John. And uh, I would uh, like to welcome everyone to the special event. Let's get started by pointing out that SMB training is not a broker deal where we're doing these webinars for education purposes only. Today's webinar does not contain any uh, positions that are live um, and everything is going to be hypothetical, you know, back testing software, simulated pricing, simulated P&L. And so none of these um, trades that we're going to be showing you today are going to be subject to the market factors of liquidity, slippage, and commissions. Uh, options risky and you need to get educated in options trading before you even begin to think about exposing your capital. Options trading. Your online broker has a document that explains the risk. Please get that document, and if you decide to accept those risks, then please trade at a very, very small level relative to your debt, so that even if your account blew up, you know you, it would not affect your lifestyle. Having said that, uh, we try to present very solid strategies uh, and be, and the bearish butterfly is one of those. Uh, it's a trade that is traded on our options trading desk by many of our traders and so we put our money where our mouth is when we're talking about the bearish butter, butterfly at SME. So John and Dave, welcome. Thanks, Thank you. Welcome. So John welcome. today is going to be talking about the bearish butterfly. He's going to answer questions, any questions you may have about the strategy. And most importantly, at the end of the webinar, we have a special offer for you and we want to make you aware of that special offer. So with that, John, I am going to turn the desktop over to you. All right, so welcome everybody. And you know, Dave and I are here, we'll talk about this uh, question and answer session. You know, with the market so overextended, we've been getting a lot of interest in the bearish butterfly. So that's why we're having this session for you with Seth, myself, and Dave Thomas. And Dave is the advanced options coach over here at Locking Your Success with me. Now, I'd like to start just by telling you a little bit about the bearish butterfly and how it came about. Back when I started trading, it was, I don't know, 10 or so years ago now, it was a market, it was a market that was a lot like this one. It had been going up for many years, and there were a lot of people out there doing these really wide condors and broken wing butterflies, and they, you know, they, they had been successful for a while, but they were starting to have some trouble with them. And I was kind of doing the same thing, and I wasn't very happy with my returns. You know, we would do well for a series of months, and then we would get hit with a large down move, and the guys in the condors would get slaughtered. They'd lose, I don't know, six or seven months' worth of returns, and it would take them a year and a half to make it back up again. So it wasn't going you know, well for those. So I wasn't happy with that, so I started coming up with all these different butterfly trades. I wanted to create something that was going to handle, uh, you know, that was going to be like a, an Aya Condor where it could make a money over a very wide range. But I also wanted to have something that really absolutely kicked ass as far as returns goes because I, I wasn't trading with a bunch of money and, and doing like 2% you know, of a, a month on average or something wasn't going to do it for me, especially if you're going to be losing the, you know, losing the, taking these big losses in the Condors. So, Anyway, I'm goofing around with these butterfly trades, and 
I wanted something that really did well in a sideways market, something that's doing well in the current uptrending market, something that you know I wasn't going to get hurt too bad if the market comes down. So we came up with this trade that I called an M9 at the time. And I can tell you I'm really glad I came up with it because I was completely ready for 2008. And since then, you know, I've modified, I've fine-tuned the rules, and I've taught it to hundreds and hundreds of traders. And both Seth and Dave are included in that list. And Seth loved the trade so much that a few years back he, he comes to me and he says he asked me to do a program for SMB. So you know, we did that. We tweaked the rules so we could you know, put it into some sort of a, a package that everybody could do. And we launched the Bearish Butterfly as a video program with SMB. And as far as the, the program goes, it's been extremely successful. We had it for years. We have, like Seth said, we have some people who trade with similar strategies on a desk. And um, this year, particularly, you know, we had this upgrinding market. It's been doing fantastic. Now, I was just going to bring up how it's been doing for the year. Now, one of the things that we do every Monday morning for our members is we do a, a Monday morning webinar at 9 a.m. And we've been doing this since, I don't know how long we've been doing it, Dave, what, since 2011, 2012, something like that. And we do, a, it's a simulated trade, so it's, so it's, so it's on that testing software. However, it's real time. So in other words, all the adjustments are made real time, and then we try to be as accurate as possible as far as uh, skew, uh, as far as fill prices and stuff like that. And so far this year, this trade has done uh, January trades been 21.9 percent. February's been over was over 30. March was 12.7. April's up already over 10. So and and that trade remains open. So in a you know, this grinding up type of market that we've had, generally sideways market, it does extremely, extremely well returns-wise. And it, you get a market like that it's essentially falling apart. It also does very uh, well in those markets as well. So we really love the trades. And I said, this is, it was my favorite trade when I put it together. And it still remains today, almost 10 years later, it, it you know, I do a lot of different trades, and we really focus in on, on sometimes a lot of these very flat T plus zero line trades. But this remains my favorite trade to this day. So let me show you an example of the trade. I'll show you what we're trying to do with it. And you know you can judge for yourself. And then, of course, we have our questions and stuff that we need to get to. But So here, Dave, I don't know, you have any comments on, on anything? Just feel well, free to, just, I, I have again. one person asking how you would modify the trade for the SPX, but I'm thinking maybe you, mo you want to cover that after you go over a few examples. Uh, yeah, and realistically, that would be too long of a topic to cover in five minutes, right, or, or even in 15 or 20 minutes. We would need to talk about how we do that. So this trade is on the Russell 2000, obviously. Uh, I, well, I have a Russell up here, too. Actually, it's not obvious because we haven't told anybody yet. But the trade we do, we do this trade on the Russell 2000, it works extremely well in this index, and I do like it better here than on the SPX index. Uh, we do have traders that do trade on the SPX index. They have varying rules, including wider wings and different scale endpoints and things like that. So that's how you would modify. You'd modify your wing width. You'd modify your scale endpoints. Specifically putting together and showing you an SPX trade, it, we don't have the time for that. 
their weapon are. We just don't have the time for it. So, do you have something to say? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, John, is that you know, for especially for new people that may have not been uh, ever heard of this trade, or for new people to trading, um, I reflect back on to about maybe about five, six years ago when I did that you know amazing thing or incredible thing to get my uh, kids convinced that this was something that maybe they should try. And believe it or not, when when you have such a um, as kids, you know, at that age, you know, nineteen uh, was my uh, youngest at that time, and uh, daughter's around 25, um, you know, very limited capital, and this was a, a very, very, um, in a very small point, it was going in at a very, very small size, and it was because you can go in for very little money as far as capital to start off with, and at the same time, they were doing this, which was a very rule-based type trade, and in tandem with that, while they were learning that and getting their feet wet into options, it's also when they started to learn the M3 as kind of a eventually get into once your account was large enough to be able to do such a thing. So this was actually the, the trade that they cut their teeth on in, in, in trading options. So it, it can be done at a very small capital level. And, you know, it was something that because of the strict rules that John has designed for this trade, it's a very uh, easy type thing to be able to follow. It obviously takes some education and some learning for for sure, but it's not as like the M3 is more of a kind of an artistic type thing where you have many, many variations when you want to make an adjustment. This is pretty straightforward. So it was a really good thing that they could sink their teeth in, get into option view, did back testing for many, many years, and uh, that's where they, you know, that's where they started off. So it's something that people can do right from the very start. Just got to be careful of the sizing. Right, you do. You need right. It's a high yield trade, so you get some very high returns. But along with that comes some drawdowns, and you need to be prepared for those. And you know, there are certain adverse market conditions that may be extremely bullish at the wrong time that can be problematic. But uh, over time, long term, a trade performs fantastically. And like Dave was saying, he was he was so excited about it at the time. His son knew nothing about trading at all. He didn't know anything about options. He didn't know anything. Yeah, totally zero. Right, and he wanted to. He wanted to get into trading, and this is what Dave showed him. And uh, mm -hmm. he's still trading now. How many years ago was that? That was I don't know five or well, years ago. When he was nineteen, and that's six. You know, he's, his birthday is next week, so uh, six years ago. That's fantastic. And then eventually, your daughter got into it. So that's that's super. Wait a second. Yeah, your yeah. son's birthday's next week too, Dave. Oh yeah, yeah. Except well, we know we have the same birthday. That's right. And he's he, he's three year, He's three days later. On the 18th? Yes. All right. That's just for everybody. That's a long-running kind of <laughs> amazing thing. Dave Thomas and I were born on the exact same date. I'm, only, I'm the only one on the call without the same birthday. <laughs> I don't want you to left out. <laughs> that's all right. I'm younger than you guys. This is okay. true. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. No, 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 no comeback on that one at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So just a little bit of background on this particular trade. Okay, this is a this would be a, what we call a fifty thousand dollar planned capital bearish butterfly position. There's ten contracts. You can do them with one, which would be a five thousand dollar planned capital position. But this is this would be a fifty thousand dollar planned capital position. We usually set a profit target of fifteen thousand dollars. We usually have a maximum loss number of fifteen thousand dollars. So if you're going to trade something this size, you need to make sure that you can afford to lose $15,000 because that can happen. But that's essentially the risk parameters on the trade. 
So I come in with, in this case here, 10 butterflies. I come in behind the money. We usually go 20 or 30 points, and it looks a little bit something like this. It's essentially a bearishly positioned butterfly, so as the trade got its name. Now, we only have about nine or $10,000 in this particular trade, which is a far cry from 50. But it uses kind of a principle that a lot of times they use in directional trading is, is as a trade, you put a trade on, and, and if the direction goes against you, you scale into the trade, then you make it bigger so that when it goes for you, you end up coming out with a lot of money. And when I was putting this together, I was trying to give it the range of a high-probability condor. So, you know, at the time, they're doing these very wide condors. I said, you know, I, I want to be able to withstand the same type of price movement that the iron condor is going to withstand to the upside, which is, was a substantial amount. Uh, but I didn't want the drawback of if the market went down all of a sudden, I was going to get blown out and take this huge loss. So I ended up say, hey, you know, why don't I enter as a bearishly positioned butterfly? I'll do it a relatively small size. If the market just stays here or goes down, I make money. If the market goes up, which I would rather have it do, I scale in, right? So essentially I'm here. I'm good if the market goes down. As the market goes up, I want to gradually increase my size with the theory that at some point the market generally retraces back a little bit and we get into the profit zone or at least it stalls, we can get our money, we can get out. It's essentially designed to pretty much stay away from expiration as well, although there are times when, uh, when you do get, uh, get uh, into expiration. So what we do here, and I don't know if I got scaled in two-thirds or three-thirds in this particular example, but let me just close this out. So that was our... Our, our starting position, that's our thesis. If this was actually started November 25, right, it's the January expiration trade, we generally start 56 days out. We would like to be out 21 days to expiration. As a matter of fact, we reduce our profit target from 15 to 5 if things are not going as well as we would like. And uh, not from 15% to 10%, I'm sorry, from, from 30% to 10% or $15,000 to $5,000, if you want to put it in dollars uh, terms, when we get uh, 21 days to expiration, because we just really want to get out of the trade at that point. We don't really want to stay in. So this is what we look like. Let me just open this up. I think we can go to the next trade. So I'm just going to cross this out and go... And I'll just I'll just add in, John, while while back trader is coming up there, for people you see a fifty thousand dollar position here, which this could be a five thousand dollar position as well if you wanted to trade a one two one butterfly. So it's it's totally totally scalable from that perspective. Right, right. Scalable down to one. I wouldn't do it on an ETF. People ask if we do it on IWM or uh, SPY. I mean you're your commissions tend to become so high compared to it's, it's a lot of times it's not worth it if you run into a hard trade. Right. So anyway, some time's gone by. We're up to John, we're getting a question which I think I should ask you now, sure. which is what please do. What is the delta goal at entry? There is no delta goal really. Um, we do have a delta theta ratio issues that we deal with. 
But yeah, we know when we enter this trade, we're generally going to be 20 to 30 points behind the market. And most of the time, I mean, the delta can be whatever. I can tell you, usually the delta runs around, if we go back to here, it's, an, it's actually 950 for the butterfly, it's minus 63 delta. I, I keep track of whether it's flatter than normal or steeper than normal. Generally, you can, you know, you do a trade like this, you can tell uh, or get an idea what your chances are because depending on the market conditions and the volatility skews and all that other stuff, uh, which we, you know, like I said, we don't necessarily get into so much, but because this is a little more rule-based, but, you know, you could be paying as high as $14, $15 for one of these, and that would indicate generally a poor environment for the trade. And uh, you can trade it in that environment. It's just it's, uh, you're not getting paid as much, so you tend to make less. And you have to be a little bit more right on the fact the market isn't going to go up so much. right? So generally, you get a very flat delta. Generally, you can withstand a very large move. Generally, if you get a very steep delta, you're not going to withstand as much of a move. So we do use that to kind of gauge our probabilities. And you might want to look at the chart if you have a you know, extremely high delta number going in. But, uh, but other than that, we really don't pay attention to entry delta itself. So let's forward. And here we are, right? We are, OK, so adjustment points. So again, we start with a variously positioned butterfly. Essentially, it's really simple. Every 20 points it goes up, we, we do something. For the first, let's say, for the first 40 points, and then we do something every 10 points after that. So that's just, a, just a, so 20 points up, you scale in. 40 points up, you scale in. 10 points after that, we start doing rolling because things aren't going well. So ideally, what's your ideal situation? Your ideal situation, the market goes up 20, 20 to 45 points is pretty much ideal. And then having it settle back, it goes to 50 points. Nah, it still works out good. I like it. It goes to 60 points. Your probabilities of winning start dropping down. Right, but uh, if you stay within those ranges, it's, it's very, very good. 60 is okay. I mean, it's not going 70, 80, 90, 100 points. Uh, a lot of times, the trade will withstand that, but it doesn't look pretty, as they say. So, but ideal. So, ideally, we would want to do that. So, anyway, uh, we also have some delta theta regulations that kick in, and there's some if-then scenarios that come up. So, uh, depending on certain situations, 90% of the time, you don't hit any of those. But in certain market environments, you will. So here, we've actually gone up more than 40 points over our short strikes. Right? The position looks like this. And I'm outside the tent, but you know, the drawdown is perfectly fine. Our delta isn't really bad. It's like a minus 101. It's time to scale in. So we take this. We add in our second third, and it's going to give us a position that looks something like that. So now, um, this is ideal, right? So this two-thirds entry I, I really like because usually when you do two-thirds entry, your risk never really gets too high in a position. If you look, I have 50,000 set aside. I'm only at like 22.5. The market settles in now. It's almost a you know guaranteed winner for me if that happens. If it comes back, it's almost a guaranteed winner for me if that happens. I mean, unless the market just gets decimated and I have to start making down adjustments, 
I mean, I really don't have a down adjustment until um, you know back in here. So very good probability if it comes down. If it continues to go up, again, another 20 points against us, we scale in. So I don't know what happened here. Oh, look. Looks like the, the eighth, we actually have something. So yeah, so this is an aggressive up move, right? We, we, we went up 20 points. Now we're up 40 points relatively quickly. So now we are fully scaled in. So we're, we've done that, and we're scaled into the position. Now we started at, I want to make sure we started at that number. Yeah, so, so, that's the two so the two trigger points were 1360 to add the second butterfly, and then hit 1380 to put the third butterfly on. Right. Now the cool part about these adjustment points is they're not urgent. We're not sitting there waiting for the adjustment point to trigger. Um, I don't care if the market goes to 30 points higher than my adjustment point. If I'm in one-third of this butterfly, my risk is so low. If the market comes out and it goes up 60 points in a day, yes, it's going to draw down, but it's not going to be bad, and I can just reposition to whatever position I should be in with a 60-point up move. Okay? The drawdown is not bad. If I get two-thirds scaled in, again, I can exceed my upside adjustment point. Not a, not a big deal. If I get three-thirds scaled in, I can still exceed my upside adjustment point. As I start rolling and stuff, it does start to get, if, if it gets to that point, a lot of times the trades won't get to that point. But if they get to that point, timing becomes a little bit more sensitive. But most of the time in this position, timing is very, in other words, yeah, okay, it exceeded my, my ad point today. I can do that tomorrow. It's really it's really not a big deal because we have uh, such a small amount in. So that's one of the things I really like about this. As a matter of fact, you're usually better off to wait than you are to just trigger it, trigger it at an exact point. But anyway, this goes to 1383. Gives us a position like this. So from here, again, we'd like the market to settle in and just do a normal retracement and settle there for a while, which, which it often does when it's retracing. And then course, gain our value. So that's three-thirds scaled in. Let me see what we have for a next adjustment point here. All right, so here we are. We hit a roll point. Uh, let's see, what did we do here? Let me just make sure I know what we did. Oh, okay, yeah. So we just came to Friday the 30th, and we ended up exiting. So let's go back just a couple days. So we see how the position's doing. So here we are, we're 24 days from expiration. The position, the market is still up towards the top, okay? We are, I mean, you see the potential in this to make money. If we just get a normal pullback into this range, I mean, you can easily make 30% of your plant capital. Fully scaled in, I got about 33,000 in this, and that's what we look like. The following few days, the market came down. If you looked at the day before, right, this is up about $8,800. And again, we do not, we have some delta limits, but they are very high. They're much higher than uh, what we have here. This is what we look like on Thursday. That was uh, a great example, John. That was a day where the market went down 20 cents or, you know, not even a full point. But because it had settled in, 
look how much value you gain just over that one day. Well, I think I went two days. So let me say oh. the 28. All right, but still. Right. You Actually, went yeah, the 28th, it was nine grand. But look, yeah, if you go from the, the, the 27th. Yeah. Right. So this is what happens with the market, right? And, and right, we're up 1850 right now. Right. And what then, happens with the price of butterflies in general is when the market, when the market makers think, or the, the participants in the market that are controlling everything, right, when they think that the market is just going to go up, everything's priced really down the way we're buying them because we're buying behind the market, and they're like, oh, those things are worthless, and you can buy them really good price. But as soon as things let up and they decide, oh, the market might not be going up anymore, the value pops into these like crazy. Right. So when we go to Tuesday to Wednesday, now I think there was a down move, but I don't think it was a horrendous down move. That was $5, right? So I had a $5 down move. And you can see the, the pop in profitness is right. crazy, right? Right. And, cer and certainly way beyond any kind of theta that's in there. That's right. Right. I only had 800 theta. I went one day. I got $10,000, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Now, part of that was delta, but it can't be explained by the normal Greeks. It's more explained by the phenomenon you were talking about, John, where that once the market thinks that maybe this run is over or is going to pause, it, the profit just pours into these things. It really does, yeah, yeah definitely. So, so, yeah, so that's that position there. And, uh, uh, yeah, so then Friday, we are actually 21 days to expiration. And at 21 days to expiration, we don't necessarily want to deal with the gamma of being in close to expiration on this trade because your gamma can get really high. You can get really sensitive to price moves. We'll do it if the trade's drawn down, but essentially our goal at this point is you know, get back to break even, get a decent profit, get out of the trade, move on to the next month where it's a whole lot safer. So we lower our profit target when we get to this Friday, and we're up, we're over our 10% profit target, which would have been $5,000. We're at 10009 and we pull the trade, and we move on. Okay. So that's a, you know, like I said, that's a, that's a, an example of a, I mean, this is a, a good trade. You know, this is a good example. But like I said, this year, we've had good trades. We had this one here. The following month was better. So, um, and part of it is, you know, you, you go into, uh, you know, we went through this very large up move while we were in the trade. Right. And then we ran sideways. And if you run into a sideways market like this, you can pull 30% on these. And that's why a lot of people are mixed up. The term bearish butterfly leads you to believe that unless the market sells off, you're not going to make money on this trade. But actually, the ideal circumstance is where the market rallies right after you put the trade on so you can get fully scaled in. And then if you get some settlement, even like a bull flag situation like we saw here, that's all you needed. You just needed the market to stop moving for a little bit. And you can see how much you know, potential profit there is in the trade. Right, right. It, it, it's just uh, it's fantastic. So yes. uh, Now, uh, John F. is asking, how many days uh, were you uh, in that particular trade? Well, this was 56 to 21, so it would have been 35? Yeah, 35. If I do my math right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right, so, so it would have been 35. Sometimes, well, you probably won't be in 56 days. 
Sometimes you'll be in to 15 or 10 days, though, uh, in a hard environment. I mean, some people just get out. I have traders who trade this, and you know what? They say it's 21 days to expiration or it's 15 days to expiration, and I'm out. And those are just conservative traders. They don't want to get into expiration. Maybe they, they can't, you know, it becomes more management intensive, and they don't want to watch the market. So they're out, and the, the system works fine that way. And I also have traders who are very aggressive, and they'll trade this down to day one, and they'll take a trade like this, and they will run 50 60% out of it because they'll just do it. As a matter of fact, if you took this trade and you ran, and again, this can be, this doesn't always work out in your favor, but if I did not exit this trade, right, if I want to screw my T-log up and I did not um, exit this trade, we could take, probably take this into expiration and end up doing, extremely well with it. I'll, I'll put myself out on a limb here because I don't really know. I, I didn't uh, I didn't trade into expiration, but you know, I'm game if you guys are. If I can get to my key log. So let me go here and here. And let's see, we were at the exit date, which was 12.30. Right, so if we run into 12.30. Now, I could do well here. I might get completely decimated. I don't even, I don't really know. And we'll just kind of follow the rules and just see how that goes. I think it might be kind of fun. So now that I have a T-log, I can actually you do just that. reverse your, do you delete the closing transaction? Right. Good thing I have this on a recording so I can put the right numbers back in. But, um, okay. All right, so we're here, right? There's no adjustment necessary there. If it goes the wrong way, this, these can draw down quickly, and you should know that about these trades, right, if you go the wrong direction. Uh, but no, you know, no issues here. Right, you can see, can, as long as they think the market's going to be relatively flat, you're going to get rapid gains in this. If they think the market's going to take off, yeah, see, so you got plus 21, right? So now we have a drawdown, but do we have any adjustment triggers? And I don't remember what our last adjustment trigger was. So I don't really know. Uh, let's see. We started. It would have been here, here, here. So I think we do have an adjustment trigger. I think we would have to get. Um, we would have to get out of this one. Right. Twenty. And all these, just for everyone watching, all of these adjustment triggers are spelled out. Right. Um, they're all. They're all they're all spelled out in, in the program. In unbelievable detail in the course. It's uh, the work John did to define exactly what to do in every situation uh, was amazing on this course. And um, right, especially for people that may have never even heard of options before. Yeah. To this right, day, right. I still use the first uh, PowerPoint in John's course as my guideline for trading in M3, and I refer to it constantly. It's like a trading guide, that first lesson is really a trading guide for the whole trade. Right, right. So you see, we, we came back, we did our adjustment, boom, now we're up back up to 9,000. Again, we should be out by the by the trade guidelines, we should be out of the position. But, uh, yeah, so now we're at 16, so now we're a high profit target. Okay, so generally, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to be out at 15, but not all my traders will be out at 15. Some of them will continue to um, continue to uh, go ahead 
and be in the position, right? So now we're up at 24. So you're in your maximum uh, at 15 would be a 30% return, which is a, right. which is the high profit target for an for a butter bear's butterfly, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. All right. And now we have like 48,000 into the position, right? So, um, uh, you know, we have our definitely have our full capital amount in there. And you know, you should be pretty much jumping out of the trade at this point. But, yeah. Uh, you're you're. I have a lot of people who would hold this to 10 days, right? And come in at, you know, it comes in at 25,000 profit. This just happened to be one of those bonus months if you could, um, if you if you actually stayed in it. And, you know, your win loss rate changes a little bit, and it's hard psychologically. I think somebody has had a psychological problem, a question. But, um, yeah, I mean, it can go down and, and up fairly quickly, but you also have to have the reward side, too. You know, a lot of the challenges I see with a lot of traders, especially with all these new broken wing butterfly trades coming out, is they don't play to win. They play not to lose. So they're never really gaining really big profits. And, and that's fine if you have, like, $6 million you're going to put in the market and you want to make 2% a month. But if you, you know, if, you, if you're like me, I started trading with, I don't know, five or $6,000. That's all I had at the time. And, you know, now... You know, I needed to. I needed something that, that was a little more juicy than than, uh, than, uh, than a broken wing butterfly. So uh, this is this is why this came about at the time. So did you have a, do you have a, I saw I saw a question. Seth. Yes, there there are a number of questions. Why, why don't we uh, jump jump into some of those, John? Uh, John uh, Barron is asking, what if the rut goes down a lot? Oh. Well, we have different ways that we can approach that. But essentially, if you go to starting position, right, if we go to starting position, which is 1125.16, and again, it depends on uh, how you're, how scaled in you are. So if you go to 1125, yeah, okay, so this, well, it wasn't the start date, but it was close, I guess. So if you come into here, essentially we have rollback points Starting, and gosh, I don't even know what I don't even know exactly what the trigger is. It's either at the long strike or ten points in front of it. I think it's actually at the long strike when we're in one thirds. I have to uh, review the exact rules myself at times. We haven't had a downside problem in so long. I don't remember. <laughs> You've erased <laughs> it from your memory. I don't think is that is that question even legal? I don't think the Russell goes down. <laughs> um, but anyway, should it ever go down? Uh, you know, back into here, we are, we're uh, generally, well, we're going to be up money. And, you know, people say, well, what about the volatility and all that? You know, we have enough experience in this trade. If you put the trade on, the next day it drops 50 points, even with the volatility um, going up. I've never seen one of these not up significant money. So basically you'll be back here, you'll be up some money. You'll have the choice of saying, hey, geez, the market's going crazy and I don't want to be in a trade anymore, you can exit. Uh, or you can say you can you can hang with it, and basically we're just going to roll the position back and start from a new starting point. So uh, depending on how close to expiration we are and stuff, so you know the guidelines are just roll back and do that. And you can essentially roll this back to forever. You know, you can, the market can come down 50 points, you roll it back to this position. It comes down another 50 points, you roll it back down to this position. You can you can roll it down forever. Sometimes the whipsaw gets you when it reverses, but uh, in other words, because sometimes we have these crazy high uh, or fast up moves off a of reversal. 
So you do have to be careful of uh, cognizant of that. Or, uh, but as far as the down move itself, you can go down forever. If you get to the point where you're two-thirds adjusted in, we simply reduce. Oh, Stephen, my uh, Stephen, uh, graciously gave us its 40 points below the short strikes. So 40 points below the short strikes, we hold back. Um, if you get into this again, whenever you get into this position, two-thirds adjusted, you're going to have a hump to the downside. And if we get all the way back to here, we're essentially going to scale back to the previous position again. Oops, I didn't need to do that. In other words, we're going to scale back out of the position. We're going to go back down to one third. If you're in three thirds, it's the same thing. You're in three thirds. We're just going to scale. We scale. We scale down in size and roll back essentially um, uh, when the market comes down. Now, John, uh, and and there are you see there's some complexity here because there's times you'll be in the one butterfly position, times you'll be in the two butterfly positions, times you will be in the three butterfly positions. And each right. one of those has its own delta theta guidelines. It has its own um, triggers for right. how to deal with an up move or how to deal with a down move. And uh, in, the, in the guidelines video, which is the first video, John goes through exactly each of the triggers in each of the different formations. So you literally don't leave anything to the imagination in that course, John. Um, right. But you've right. got to study it a little bit. Uh, and, and, and you always, of course, have the, the PowerPoint to refer to so that, you know, if you get into a situation, you can just refer to the PowerPoint as to what your solution for that particular situation is. Um, Jerry Wise asking a very good question. Do you have to worry about stepping on your other positions when you scale in, or does your adjustment strategy automatically select different strikes? Yeah, you're all, the, the way the way the program is put together is you never step on the strikes. Now, right. for people who are advanced and don't care if they step on the strikes and they want to do their modifications, it's not a big deal if you step on strikes. But the program is put together so that it's essentially impossible to step on strikes if you're following the guidelines. Mike Trestle is asking, do you add a fourth leg, or is that when you roll the entire position up? No, no, we only go in as far as three-thirds. Uh, we, we don't go further than that. I've had students who made modifications that do stuff like that, but, you know, it depends on, you know, what kind of capital level you're going to leave aside and how much you're going to let it draw down, and it gets into different complexities when you do that. So we're just keeping with three-thirds. Bob Hug is uh, asking, and how you doing, Bob? Um, he asks, do you normally exit as butterflies or as verticals? Oh, that's really cool. It depends on my positioning. If I'm one third, I'm also I'm, I'm obviously in butterflies. The really cool thing about this too is, like I said, um, you know, very carefully put together. If I'm in this position and I want to exit, well, actually, let me go to say. I don't know what day we went. We were at here. We go. So if I go to the T log, let's go to like four. Uh, let's go to like one, one seven. Uh, okay, one six. I must have got my number wrong. 
Right. So if, if I'm in this position here and I want to exit, for example, uh, there are so many different ways that I could exit this. I don't take on delta risk when I exit. Now, I didn't take on really any delta risk when I, I entered. I was always negative delta. As a matter of fact, I get more increasingly negative delta a little bit uh, as I enter in. I don't want to take uh, delta risk when I exit to get out of this thing, right? So you know, if I, I have a position like this, well, how do I get out of it? Well, I like to take my risk off first, which is pretty cool. So you can actually do a condor, uh, get out of a condor first, which most people say a condor. Well, that's kind of weird. But I can take a ton of risk off. Oops. Just by yanking my condor. Actually, I would do the butterfly first because I'm in three-thirds. So let me restate that. I pull my butterfly first. Your middle butterfly? Yeah, pull the middle butterfly right out, okay? And that's, in other words, it's not my middle butterfly. It's just a very wide butterfly. So I'm taking right. the, the strikes here and here. I, this is what I do with my delta. So I go from, I go essentially from this position here to that position there. So I flatten all my risk out? Yeah, look at, what, look at your numerical gamma after the adjustment. Right. So I take all my risk out. Right. And if I convert that, and I have this if left. And gamma's cut in half. Right. Then I take the condor out. All right. Oh, hold on. I have to do both. Then I take the condor out, and I go into that. So this is how I exit, right? So I, I pulled it. This is assuming I'm in the center. If I'm in a different part of the butterfly, I'm going to exit a little bit differently. In other words, right. if I was way up to the front of the butterfly, I, I would exit it in a different manner. If I was way back towards the back of the butterfly, I'd exit it in even a different manner. But if I'm towards the middle like I am here, this is the most efficient way to exit it. So I pull out the, mid, the middle big butterfly, I pull out the big condor, and I'm left with a position that looks like that. And then I just exit, right, and then I just exit my last condor, and I'm out. And some people might even stay in that last position, try to milk they a little might. bit more out of it. Because right, it's and I could have stayed in the position before this one, too, and tried to milk more out of it, because I took a lot of my risk off the table. Yeah. So, I, and I have a lot of traders who do that, right? They come in 21 days to expiration. They're up money. They might not be as high as they want, but they don't want the gamma risk. So, boom, we can reduce our size a little bit. And if you don't like that, boom, you can reduce it a little bit more. And realistically, even with this position, I still have the possibility to make $20,000, and it's a fairly it's fairly wide. And I'm not, I don't have a ton of risk if I, if I hold on to it. Things are really flattened out here. So, of course, you'd want to know, have a plan for how you're going to manage it. But, uh, you know, when we discuss bearish butterfly and one-on-one -on -one coaching and stuff, this is the type of stuff we go over. Okay. Um, John F. is asking, you said a max, you have a max loss of 5K. So what is the percent risk on the trade as your overall capital with each trade? Well, no, I have, I have a 30%. I go for a 30% gain, 30% maximum loss is what I allow. So, it, like I said, okay. you need to be prepared for the drawdown. The drawdown. Right. Um, so you just have to you have to determine what your risk tolerance is 
if you do not want to ever suffer a 15K loss, then, you know, you need to cut back your, your uh, butterfly size. Right, right. It's like any of these trades. You'd have to let them draw down a certain amount to make a certain amount of money. And it's no different with this. Right. Uh, you, have to, you have to let it draw down in order to do that. You need to give it the breathing room, especially if you're scaling in as the market's going against you. Andrew Stanton just jumped in to say the guidelines document, which is the the document that supports the first video of the series, is 61, 61 pages long, and it is it's there's it's all meat. <laughs> there's no bread in that thing. That is pure you know information on exactly what to do in each circumstance in the trade. It's it's really unbelievable what John put together uh, on that first video. Right. Yeah, we're not sitting around talking about what happened at the football game last Sunday. For, no, no you got to put your eyes to get going to read that. Uh, Stephen Fung says, for the delta-theta ratio, can you trade the bearish butterfly with think or swim only, or do we have to have option view? The program was put together in option view. I suggest it. you can trade it with other analytics. You can trade it with thinkorswim analytics, but you really need to have some sort of a back trading software. So none of you guys should be saying, hey, this is this looks like a cool little system I got here. Uh, I'm going to go in and I'm going to put $50,000 in and I'm going to hope it works or, or whatever. I, I, I hate to see people do that. I do not want to see people do that. I want to see people come in. I want to see them back trade it so they get their own confidence level up. Because psychologically, the way this trade is, if you're trading it with a large amount of money in particular, psychologically, some people have trouble with it. Because you can, as you could see when we went through that example, hey, I'm up, I don't know, $15,000 or I don't know, it was ten or $15,000. Now I'm down $2,000. The next day I'm up $9,000. The next day I'm up $36,000. So that can happen in this trade. It's, you have to be able to be able to deal with that psychologically it's a very high yield trade works out very well over time but um, but that's that's part of it so you want to make sure you when you back trade you understand completely what you're doing you want to make sure you're doing the, you're getting good results and you're doing the rules properly and then you know from there go from that now so so you should have either ONE or option view in order to do that the system was built on option view I recommend that you trade it on option view you can trade it on ONE when I initially developed it, I traded it on Thinkorswim. All uh, both platforms I've done fine on. However, you will get different adjustment points. You'll get different roll points. So what's going to happen is over a long period of time, you should get similar results. But from specific trade to specific trade, you might have one trade that one in one software package because the analytical lines are different and delta theta ratios are different that may have won in another analytical package. So, you know, if you want to go in and try and, um, if you want the closest points to what I, or the way I put it together, you're going to want to do an option view. If you are, you know, if you want to do it in ONE or Thinkorswim, your role points are going to be a little bit different. So depending on the environment, you might do better or you might do worse on any on any given system. Okay, uh, Bob Hug is asking, how scalable is this trade? What percent of investable assets would you ultimately hold to this plan? 
Well, it's as scalable as it's as scalable as high as you're willing to take your risk tolerance. You don't get, have a problem getting filled uh, most of the time, unless you, until you get to the roll point. So scaling in, um, you do fine. Coming out, you do fine. Um, pretty much any size that you want to do. So from an execution point, it, it, it's um, that's fine. When you get into the rolling the butterflies, sometimes you can have challenges with execution, and it can be difficult to uh, get rolls off depending on the circumstance. Because a lot of times when you're rolling it, it's very low volatility. The market's going up, but it's not moving that fast. Uh, and that can be a little bit uh, on the challenging side. But I'd say 85% of the time, really, there's no issue. Um, and when we do our when we do our Monday morning webinars, typically I'll actually have one of these on live somewhere, or soon we'll have one on live, and I'll know if the fills are going well or if they're going poorly. I usually try to make some sort of an adaptation for that in the results too, because we're trying to make this as realistic as possible. So from that point, uh, it's scalable pretty much as big as you want. The I mean, if you have like eighteen million dollars, then you know maybe not. But if you're if you're <laughs> if you're like uh, most people, then you're fine. Uh, if you, but you have to do it to your size. I mean, if you have a net worth of a hundred of a hundred thousand dollars, you don't want to be doing a fifty thousand dollar position. And you know, uh, so just size it by your max loss number. Uh, so to your you know, to your appropriate, what should I say, situation, right? right. So it's going to be very situationally dependent. Exactly. And you, yeah, you will you will lose the, you know, you're going to have a max loss now and then. It's not something that doesn't happen. It happens. So you have right. to think about that in terms of your sizing. Um, we, had, we had a year last year because it was a weird year. But Dave, Dave, go ahead. Dave is going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Steph, to your point there about max loss actually happening, um, you know, a funny story. You know, six years ago when my son started first trading, you know, he did, you know, many, probably, you know, 10 years plus of back trading on this bearish butterfly trade. And so he had this incredible amount of knowledge of back trading and what the trade does over time. And he saw the wins and the losses. And then the very, very first month that he put this trade on, he had max loss. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I, I always tell the story is that, you know, we sat around the dinner table that night. And you know, my um, you know, the, the discussion around the table was like, "What in the world did he just get invited?" Other people besides myself were saying, "What in the world?" Other members of the family were saying, "What in the world did he just get involved with?" And but he and, and his only question to me was, "Hey, Dad, when can we put on the next trade? Is it time to put on the next trade? Can we put it on tomorrow?" So because he because he knew that over time he knew that as a percentage of time you would hit max loss every so often. And he saw that because he had done years and years and years with back trading. So it was no surprise. So Exactly. And uh, that's that's one of the big advantages of entering a program like this and then back testing it because it builds up your confidence in the strategy. Um, you can't get cocky because you made money and you can't get depressed because you lost money on a particular period. You've got to look at it over over a time period. Uh, and, 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 and like and, and Seth, like when he had his first month, the very first one we had max loss, he did everything correct. His yeah. plan, he traded right to the plan. He was he actually, from my perspective, he had a great job. 
because yeah, uh, he stuck to his plan. He did it exactly what he was supposed to do, but guess what? The market took him out. Your job, your job is to follow the plan. The market right. will determine if you make money that particular month. If the plan's solid, long-term, uh, the, the trade will be profitable, but you've got to stick to it and you've got to trade it every month. You can't bail out after a loss, uh, nor can you double and triple your capital after a win. You're going to have the same disastrous outcomes if you don't if you don't watch it. So um, why don't we take one more question? Are there instances where you roll out any legs of the trade to another time frame, or are all the adjustments vertical? In the plan, all the adjustments are in the same month, so we're not. Uh, we're not jumping into other months. That would be another trade if we were to do that. Right. Okay, very good. Well, John and Dave, uh, I don't know where the hour went, but um, sure, and we really. do have some more questions, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep everybody. Um, you you know, uh, the thing I would like to share with everyone, though, is that we have the Bears Butterfly on sale this month, and um, it's uh, actually the sale's been going on for uh, a couple weeks now, and uh, I would like to point out to you that tomorrow after the close is the final day of the sale. So we just thought we'd give everyone, you know, one final opportunity today to ask any questions. If you were contemplating buying the program, you hopefully got a lot of those questions answered today. So um, in to summary, uh, the John's video series, The Bearish Butterfly, um, it, it, their trade guidelines offer a high win rate in most market conditions and potential high returns in certain market conditions. And those conditions aren't necessarily a sell-off or uh, a, a, a choppy market. John just showed you a great example of a rally where this trade, you know, had a spectacular outcome. So you don't get thrown by the term bearish butterfly. There are lots of different circumstances where this strategy works well. At the end of the day, this is a market-neutral option strategy where you start out positioned bearishly for uh, a number of design reasons. Um, it's, it's a strategy that provides big profits in bearish, trending, and volatile markets. Um, it gives you an absolutely, trust me, you are not going to see a program with a more systematic approach. It's unbelievable the detail that you get on this system. Um, John leaves nothing to the imagination in the course. Um, and it's a simple once-per-day management method to adjust your bearish butterfly if it needs adjusting, which in many days it does not. So it's available for 10% until uh, shortly after the market closed tomorrow. Normally the course is 975, which is in and of itself really a tremendous bargain, um, and we're, we're knocking another 10% off of it until tomorrow at, uh, after the market closed uh, for 877.50. The place to go is bearishbutterfly.com. I will show you uh, that website in a moment. Um, you, you'll see the URL. It won't quite read bearishbutterfly.com because um, it, we have it referring over to another portion of our uh, website here. Let me get you back here to that. I'm sorry for the confusion here. And so this is bearishbutterfly.com. And there you can see John with his fancy tie. Last time I've ever seen him in a tie. That day. You don't usually see me in a tie. No, no, it doesn't walk around the house in a tie. Probably more likely his pajamas. And uh, this was John taping this in SMB Studios in Manhattan. 
uh, and we've got uh, examples on the website. We have a description of the course contents and uh, testimonials on John's work, which um, can go on for a very long time and probably should be updated. So you go to bearishbutterfly.com and you click on this Purchase John Locke's Bearish Butterfly button and you will get your 10% discount. But you've got to get it done before tomorrow, after the, shortly after the close. So uh, I want to thank you, John, and thank you, Dave, and thank everyone for attending. Uh, it's a powerful strategy. Uh, I trade it uh, very often, I would say, uh, half the year I'm in a bearish butterfly myself. I know John is, is constantly in a bearish butterfly, uh, and many of the traders on our desk trade the bearish butterfly very happily and have been doing so for many years. So SMB is putting its money where its mouth is. I put my money where my mouth is, and I think everyone on this call is doing the same. So I want to thank you very much for your, your, your uh, attendance today. And I'd like you to think seriously about buying the bearish butterfly strategy. It's terrific. So thank you, John. Thank you, right, Dave. Thank you. And good night. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you on the Optus Drive. On, oh, well, we'll see. The first thing we'll be doing together is John Locke's 10 a.m. trade review. If you're a premium member of OptusDrive.com, you get to attend that where John goes over the trade that he teaches, that he trades on our trading desk. Uh, it's really an incredible education to watch that 10 a.m. Uh, every uh, Monday morning. And then we have the Optus Drive meeting uh, on Tuesday where Ed Tulowskis will be talking about the bionic butterfly. So we look forward to seeing all of you back soon uh, with SMB. Thank you, John. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, thanks, thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks, Seth. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night.